Welcome again to Living in the Past. This is a podcast where we go to the 90s one month at a time. Uh, we are in our 1995 season. We are in uh, July, the best month of the year because, you know, birthday month for me. <laughs> <laughs> every know. every season, every yeah. season, like, it's Paul's month, everyone. It's such a, it's Here such comes, a, comes a shit month. It's such a 10-year-old thing to say, too. It's like, oh, it's the best month because it's my birthday month. But, guys, that's Ben. He's my... um. Uh, guy that brings me down the guy that was born in december and has never enjoyed a birthday in his life <laughs> um yeah and happy birthday just 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 go on but you know i didn't yeah, notice right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I was all christmas out um so yeah this is our um this is not our first one for the year this is we've already had a couple so um but we yeah this is for for again we said this about june too for a blockbuster movie month it's, you know, mm. it's not great um, no. This it's, it's kind of weird because like, when we started this in the, ni- in the early 90s, the start of the year was like a struggle. And now it's like started off with a bang. <laughs> now we're sort of like... <laughs> yeah, remember how much we hated January and February and just looked forward to June and July and now... Yeah. <laughs> steadily going downhill. And now we've got nine months. Um, let's go on to uh, Living in the Now. So if you never listened to the podcast before, this is the part where we just get everything else out of our system that's not 90s related so we can just get get back into the 90s. Um, I was just talking before um, we started, I've been back on an Alan Partridge binge. I finally watched Alpha Papa. Which is somewhat 90s related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've watched the, the movie finally, Alpha Papa, and then I've been watching This Time on Stan, which has been just, uh, like, it's just brilliant. I, I really hope he does more because <laughs> it's just... It's, um, I feel like that's just what he's doing now. Hopefully, like it's going really well. So why not just yeah? Keep if you've seen this time, it's, he does like a sort of a current affairs show. But but the the best thing about it is the segments he does, like the, the human interest stories, and some of them is just um just classic uh, Alan Partridge. So get on to that. What have you been? Oh, and I finally watched Barbar- Barbarian last night, which uh, how I was, good? I, I did like that a lot, and uh, so good. Just Justin Long playing one of the. One of the worst characters I've ever seen. <laughs> like not not badly played, but like he played just he played an arsehole so well. How much did it add to your experience? Um, from what we told you about our experience. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's his house the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, if you if you don't know that joke, you have to go to the start of this, this season and then listen about our cinematic uh, um, goings on. Just uh, sift through it, all the living in the now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna retell it. That bit that most people skip. Um, yeah. So, what have you been doing? Um, I'm going to do a 180 on our previous episode, okay. <laughs> just quickly. So, we just did a, a Foo Fighter episode last we week, right? We did. Um, and you and I have discussed this at some length privately. I don't think it's come up on the pod yet. Or I've, I've mentioned to Adam, Adam, who was on the Foo Fighter episode, is not that into it. Funnily enough, he's not that into Foo Fighters anymore, but he's not into... <laughs> Tearing them down and doing a poo on them. But there's this Instagram page yes. uh, that I, I won't name because it is, I think it's private at the moment. Um, and they do get a lot of threats and 
people trying to take them down. Yes. But it's like super anti-Dave Grohl. And for like the biggest Foo Fighter kid growing up, it's very strange to be not invested in it, but I'm <laughs> I'm always eager to see what's coming up next. It's also because like I've been what I've been sort of listening, listening to it. Too. And if if you if you can sift through the news, like there is some there's some cracks starting to show in, in the in the Grohl camp. Um, I was at Christmas and I I mentioned a couple of these things when people brought up the Foo Fighters and. Uh, Talk about a Debbie Downer. Um, <laughs> like I was yeah. just like, this is like um, when the the real Chili Peppers um, revelations came out about them um, being like sexually harassing and assaulting people back in the nineties, and yep. uh, you know people don't want that. Like these these like a sacred cows of alternative music, and it's like they're like, no, no, Dave's like the nicest guy in rock, and I'm like, well, <laughs> he might have he might have been pushing his uh, band members to um uh, to to dangerous uh, depths. So, yeah. and also the the niceness is just, I mean, I think it would be pretty obvious when you think about it. Like that's just a front to be nice, to be very likable, to be approachable. Mm. That's a great brand to have. Um, you wouldn't expect someone to be like that all the time. Look at actors when they have an interview or like when they're on TV and or they there's a paparazzi in the street and they're nice to them. But yeah. at some point, they snap. They get I, angry. They get frustrated. I, like that's I love regular. a good. Uh, I love a good act, um, celebrity interview where they just they're, they're over it. Like there's there's like super cuts on YouTube you can do of like actors just like not losing their shit, but just like um, Liam Neeson takes down this uh, TV presenter who when he was, she was asking about the Grey that Wolf movie. Yeah, and um, he's like, "Did you even watch it?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh no. And he's like, what are we doing this for? <laughs> it's like, imagine Liam Neeson calling you out and be like, oh, he's kind of he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, yeah, or just um, actors uh, just associating and just looking off into the distance is a good yeah, one. Nice. Um, yeah, so if you, if, you, if you can look around and like, you know, I don't think, you can, I don't think people are going to have to look around very hard soon. I think like a lot of this stuff's going to come out, especially when like they announce whoever's drumming for them. I believe it's just going to be Dave running from the back to the front to the back to the front. And that would doing, make the most sense, to be honest. I was doing myself. Yeah, do the opposite <laughs> of Phil Collins. Do the opposite of you. Uh. Um, it's not like he's an incredible guitarist. Yeah, Come on. And, you can, and then, you know, be in a movie with a, with a cartoon rabbit, because that was Phil but Collins. But look, if... Uh, <laughs> same thing. If, if the rest of the band stays the same, I would be uh, very intrigued. But Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, how... How much Kool Aid's been drunk, um, mm. and it's like because they've all got like enough money now to like be able to like go. No, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, and how sad it would be if it's if Dave's the only one that like stays. And because uh, that's such, I mean, I don't want to hang on this for too long, but that was a common thing with bands. Like they would have, you know, revolving doors for certain mm, mm. instruments in the band. But Foo Fighters have been, you know, this core for so long. It seems yeah. so absurd that someone would change now. Yeah, I think they should just like let it go and just you know maybe start it. <laughs> basically, do what you like because what he was basically like a, he was an imitation of himself um, in the last few shows anyway. Like they're like doing this like these shitty covers and lots of stuff. It's just like just be like a just be a fucking variety show that you're trying to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just go tour that. Go like do do like um you know play your songs kind of like um Sting. I'm sure Sting plays the police. 
Ah, oh, yeah, he does in his, in his live performances. So just do to. that with a backing band, and just be, and just say, <laughs> and, and just come out and say, "Look, it was me all along. I wrote everything. I did everything. So I can play these songs." And it's just the Dave Grohl solo solo. Was it in like the early nineties or something? Um, they released a greatest hits, and it was Sting and the Police. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Dave and the Dave and the Fighters. Dave, Dave and the Fighters. Yeah, Michael um, Mechanics. Right, anyway, let's, let's get on to back onto the nineties. <laughs> if uh, this is the first time we've been recording for a while too, so I think we're like gonna, we're gonna ease into it like a nice little tub. Um, <laughs> so let's get into the events. Uh, so. Um, 1995, uh, July 1995, Bill Gates is finally named the richest person in the world by Forbes magazine because he's got 12.9 billion, which, you know, now doesn't seem like a lot. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> it's like when, when, when um, you know, uh, Musk is buying Twitter for like, you know, two times that sort of, or three times that. It's like, it's just, you know, it just seems like um, a, a paltry amount, but yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone like, yeah, he was, he was the, like, I didn't say he was the Elon Musk of the nineties because like, I think he was a bit more respected than that. Um, but yeah, he was like the, the go-to joke. If you're, if you're a rich person, it's like, Oh, Hey, Bill Gates over here. <laughs> yeah. But he was, I mean, like we were just talking about Dave, he was such a nice guy who would be mad about him. Yeah. Like you can be rich. You're doing good things with it. Right. Yeah. Him and Bill Gates like, just like curing AIDS. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, telecom uh, changed its name to Telstra so uh, they did that because I think there was a few other telecommunication companies coming out with like similar names and they wanted to differentiate themselves from it so they got, got called Telstra this is also is there is there more to this? Uh, like I think a... this is I think this is also in like because they wanted to really stake a claim in the internet so I think they were like Telstra so we're rebranding we're not only just um, telephone now we're also internet providers too I remember this as a child and I can't remember which party was wanting what, but I remember as a almost 10 year old boy going, we don't want them as prime minister. They're going to get rid of telecom because I'd heard someone say it. Um, I know that there was like a lot of um, privately owned companies sort of going in. This is like, because for up until this time, I, I believe telecom was like, there was, there was no, it was like a, a time where there was no other uh, providers. There was no Optus. There was no um, Vodafone. Or like you know, oh, there's there's no there's no competition. And then like when they said like, oh, you, you can privatize telecommunications, they needed to sort of stand out from the bunch. And it's like you know, we're still like the optimum number one. So like we're Telstra now. Um, we're rebranding. Um, you know, come is on, it you Telstra know. because that's kind of like it's got a bit of Australia in it. I kind of looked around for why it's called Telstra, but I, I all I could see is that there's just like it was just a rebrand. Um, I, didn't I don't know why it, it's only just hit hard. me now that it's that someone want to call it Telstralia Telstra. and someone said that sounds stupid you're an idiot Telstra okay cool <laughs> I wonder if it is I'm not going to look it up but I'll wonder about it for a few seconds Keys TV <laughs> and that, that's, what, that's what we want you to do um, from this. Like, just wonder about something for a few minutes Cheese uh, TV um, see I was the, I was too old for this I think it was just um I was beyond the part, the point of um, watching morning TV. Like at this stage, I'm in high school, so I don't think I'm watching it that much. But like, 
a few of my friends were still quite into it. Um, I think I was always an aggro man at heart too. So, but I think they they went off the air in '97 or something. Like that. But um, you know what? You know what? I wasn't too old for back in 1995. Cheese TV, <laughs> which, which I incorrectly thought came out in June 1995. What? How do you not remember? We what? talked about it in June of 1995. Art Attack. Art Attack. Oh God, you've already talked about this. <laughs> well, I just want to fact check that it actually came out. In Australia, in July 1995. So they um, apparently uh, they did. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna gloss over that. Um, apparently, the the two hosts did come back for uh, a, a comic convention in Adelaide. They 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 booked them and yeah. they did a few panels and stuff like that because they were they were quite um, beloved. Uh, Ryan Lappin and Jay Gat and Lenka, and um, obviously there's like a bunch of. Uh, all those TV shows that Channel Ten got like all the rights to those um, really weird tie-in t- cartoon shows like The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Men in Black. Like they they had had all of them on. Oh, on that Men show. in Black. I believe um, Warner Brothers was uh, tuned to Channel Nine, and that's because that Batman was on Channel Nine, um, but that was only Saturday mornings. Uh, they, 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 that's, that's when I used to watch my cartoons like Saturday mornings so um, like a normal was, person because I was a big boy don't judge of the week um, yeah so uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to see like what's because um, I reckon Channel 7 sort of had the they were stuck with like the Hanna-Barbera stuff <laughs> they were like they got sort of aged out of it because it was like they had all like Flintstones and, and um, yeah. lots of shit uh, but yeah uh, Cheese TV. Um, I know a lot of people uh, got a lot of. Uh, they were a bit edgy. I remember, like everyone sort of. They, they, it was it was hosted by young people. Um, they they used sort of like edgier jokes. It was um, a bit of <laughs> a bit of grunge to it. You know, back in the day, they didn't have like an old person with a hand up a puppet. Like it's you know it was. It was, it was you know what else was a bit grungy and edgy, Paul? That was the out of take intro, just so. You so know. Robbie Williams uh, left uh, take that. <laughs> um, I wanted to focus on this. I, I read a couple articles. Okay, so Robbie Williams was in take that. He he was he, that band had been around for quite some time, um, and not they, done that well. They um they were huge at that time. They were they were doing um the tours around the UK and the world. He was drinking in cocaine like every night. He said that's that's the only way he could get through. He had people um he had people sleeping outside of his house to like, you know, scream at him and, and, and take pictures of him and lots of stuff. He was, he was like the bad boy of take that. So a lot of no people... one liked him. They just wanted to scream at him and take his picture. <laughs> um, so he, uh, and apparently like he had, he had a bit of infighting with one of the other guys in the band, but he also hated their manager so much. Uh, and that was the reason he wanted to leave. Cause I think like the manager was just pushing him, pushing him. So he, he, um, one, uh, one, I think they were in Manchester and one of the, the, Bandmates uh, said, "Look, you you should probably just go because like this, you, you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself basically." And he just left. He's like, "Yep, yeah, okay, cool." Uh, apparently, because um, Simon Cow was was uh, kind of around him at that time too. I think he was trying to like sort of pick him up. Um, apparently, there was times where because they they continued the tour without Robbie Williams, people were rocking up to the shows, and then Ooh. they would um, dedicate uh, back for back for good. Um, which is weird because <laughs> he's not back for good at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, he they 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 would uh, dedicate that to him, and like apparently there was a couple of shows where he was outside the venue in a car, 
wondering whether he should like just run in and go back on stage. And yeah, uh, I didn't but, know that. But the a bit of the darker side is that they um they had specific phone lines set up because people were con- contemplating suicide. Uh, Jesus. Um, the the Samaritans, which I think is a big thing over in um Britain. Um, yeah. Not over. It. I don't. I mean, I'm sure they're here as well. But like, I remember it's like Lifeline, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I um salvos. Like, I've always um I only ever heard it on like British TV shows. Um, just saying like you, you call a Samaritan sort of thing. But they had like a specific line that teenage, um, usually teenage girls, but I'm sure teenage boys too, uh, were could call up and sort of talk it through because there were people who were like contemplating suicide that Robbie Williams left take that. And strangely, at the time, a lot of people thought that he wasn't even the best one. And everyone thought Gary Barlow would go off and have his solo career, and he was well, the talented one. And believe Gary no Barlow one was the one that he, um, he had an issue, issue with. So, yeah. Yeah, because um, he was the big shot. Going to round it out with um, a bit of true crime. Uh, just because, and Ooh. this one, just because it was, at the time... Um, this was like the satanic panic happened in the eighties where like a lot of um, people were blaming heavy metal music and um, movies and lots of stuff to, for like uh, infecting the youth and like making them want to murder and, and rape and lots of stuff. And it was, it was set off, you know, by a lot of um, Christian media and, and in the nineties, I remember stuff like Donahue, Ricky Lake, um, not so much Oprah. Oprah, I think, sort of had a little bit more class, but like you know, those those sort of like the the real tabloidy talk shows would always have like one uh, episode per week where you know the the youth are going down the drain because of like this, because of like video games or you know whatever. So um, to that point, uh, there's a girl, Elise um, Parla. She uh, was murdered, um, and her parents tried to sue the band Slayer because they believe that um, a couple of their tracks. Uh, inspired the men that the, the, the three boys that killed her Jesus. to um to murder her and to yeah and like I don't, I don't want to go into it now because it's, it's like it's super upsetting and um you can look it up online but like it's it's a really upsetting case uh the judge basically said look no you can't blame slayer for doing that you know if you do that then you can you might as well just like take every book out of the library and every cd off the shelf um, yeah they said like this this the band didn't cause this. The men being obsessed with this girl did it. <laughs> and like that's and he's the only one that you should that you should be mad at. Um yeah, like it's like it's it's not to our taste, but we can't blame them for, for, for the actions of of another person. So surprising response. Most yeah, well, judges you think at the time would be like, Yeah, you're right. Metal was gross. Yeah. Um and then um so uh, yeah, the, the the three guys uh I think they're still. I think they're all. Yeah, they're, they're all still imprisoned. Um, I think they have a parole hearing in twenty twenty four. No shit. But yeah, rightly it, so. And yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I will warn you if you if you do look into that case, it's as I said, it's it is super upsetting. Uh, that, that's how that's how you're gonna leave me in now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think I can. I can you do it on purpose. You know, I, I don't. But like, you know, <laughs> if, if 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 there's if there's shit happens, I gotta I gotta I gotta report it. So you know what? Um, let's get into sport. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll brighten our day. What a legend! What a champion! That's been a marvelous game here. Back of the net. Championship curling on CBC. 
Not really, to be honest. Um, Give me some Daryl. I don't have any Daryl news. You don't get Daryl news every single time. I apologize. <laughs> um, look, it's it's a slim month. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it too long because there's some other things I want to shit on later. Okay. But uh, I will highlight that Hideo Nomo was okay. the first Japanese player to play in an MLB All-Star game. Which I imagine would have been huge for Japan because you know, baseball is pretty popular over there, and Fucking finally like the, they had some representation. How long have Japanese players been playing in there? If it's like 1995, yeah, I don't know. Man, yeah, it's kind of sad. Okay, um, right, that didn't that didn't make me happy. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, happiness. Our old friend Monica Sellis returned oh. for an exhibition game. Getting back into after um, her, um, her stabbing incident, yeah? Yes, people may recall last year she got stabbed. Um, she, I think she beat Martina Navratilova. Navratilova, yeah, she um, recently... Uh, yes. Yes. Not doing yes. too well, so hopefully she gets through. Um, we had Wilburton going on at the same time. Uh, Graf and Sampras, no one cares. <laughs> Richmond and Essendon drew. How about that? 101 you know points each. I reckon I remember that because I think... Um, I know what happens. It must happen more than I, I remember it. But like, I reckon around this time, because I was still watching football too, it's like, it, it was such a big deal. It's like, wow, they drew. Like, How does that happen? And then we'll go yeah. on to like, you know, having a natural grand final you know, draw. So, yeah. Yeah, because it shouldn't... Like it's so easy to score a point. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> how hard is it to just 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 one point, guys? Jeez, you've got four quarters. Um, what else? There's there's not a whole lot. I wanted to mention, just for the sake of the name, okay. uh, the Die Hard Five Hundred. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just him and. Him and Gruber I, running. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I think they just give NASCAR random names. Sometimes it's a sponsor. Okay. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe that's a random cigarette. So I don't know. But yeah, okay. uh, the Die Hard Five Hundred was held at Talladega Super Speedway, just like the film. Ah, that's like the film. Yeah, remember that? I think it was held I during rem- the day, though. I remember that because I watched it with a couple of guys who were quite manly men. In I don't know, I don't know what it means, and there's that bit at the end where they kiss, and uh, <laughs> it was a uh, took the air out of the room. It was amazing, and I was just laughing my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> what? Isn't What's it... what are they doing? <laughs> Isn't it nice when men are uncomfortable? Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. Lastly, we don't mention birthdays very often. No, but I do want to point out, Shaquem Griffin was born on July twenty. He became the first player to play in the NFL with one hand. Hey. And he did pretty well. Um, and he had two seasons. Played with his brother at oh. the Seattle Seahawks. Nice. Of course. His it's twin cool. brother, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Did he take um, his hand? No, I think did it was he, an accident when he was he, like... Did he have three hands? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> his brother was really good. I feel really bad about that. I'm sorry. You should. That's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, but look, okay. he's not the kind of guy that was, you know, oh, woe is me, I've had adversity. Yep. You know, um, he just worked really hard and he was really good at his position. 
Nice. Um, and he got a shot. He did all right. Cool. Um, he retired recently, um, and he's gone on to do much better things and play dumb sports. Um, so yeah, pretty mediocre July. Apologies. Tell me. But, you know. <laughs> I was going to go into uh, football transfers. No. Because some big names were coming and going, but... No. No, you would not do that. Uh, Let's get we'll to go into film instead. So, film. Uh, well, <laughs> we've got... Blockbuster uh, month. Where are the blockbusters? we got First Night, Species, uh, Nine Months, Under Siege 2, Clueless, Free Willy 2, Double Happiness, Kids, The Net, Operation Dumbo Drop, and Waterworld. What did you watch? What an array of films. I want to... Just, um, I'm, I'm for First Night, I'm going to... I just want to show you... <laughs> I can't show it because we're over Zoom. But there's... Listen to this. This is Sean Connery. <laughs> is that his his Darth Vader moment? It's just me. It's just him. Like I'm gonna put it up on the uh, Insta. It's it is. I watched this movie um, while I think I was doing something else because it was so fucking boring. Like this is like the the age of because I'm not a I'm not a um, medieval film guy anyway, uh, and I bl- I blame. Prince of Thieves, because you know I like that, but it did start off like this this big thing of like um, you know medieval epics and all that stuff. We had our yeah. Braveheart, we had our Rob Roy this year, and then <laughs> First Night comes and like, hey, we're we're about that too, and everyone's like, yeah, we don't get it anymore. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're swords and shielded out, um, and this is yeah, it's Richard Gere, uh, and Sean Connery, and it's just it's so flat and boring considering, and and look, if if did you watch the whole thing? I did. Wow. And, and I um I think if Braveheart and Rob Roy um hadn't come out, obviously that it might have had some luster to it, but like, you know, in the shadow of those two films and I didn't even like Braveheart that much, it's just it just doesn't live up. It's 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 the whole King Arthur sort of legend there. I don't I can't tell you what it's I've watched it and I can't tell you what it's about. Or <laughs> but Sean Connery yells why and it's amazing. Um, I I think I did watch it once many, many, yeah. many years ago. And probably just for the fact of Sean Connery, I used to think that he was good. Mm. Um, now mm. I have no time for him. Richard <clears throat> Gere, I, I don't know about. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get some primal fear next year. Oh, and um, the Jackal. Jackal kicks that ass. How? That's 97. Mm. Mm. So Willis gets some Jack back, getting his arm shot off. Jack Black. Jack Black's in that film. Huh. Weird. Okay, um, so um, did you watch, did you watch some spe- Species? I did. Nice. Do you see Alpha Marina get some sex? He <laughs> I is... saw someone snooze on saving him, <laughs> and he, is a, he uh, died. He's a dolphin. He's very smooth. <laughs> not, a, not a lick he's, of body hair on him. <laughs> he's such a baby, too. He, is, he reminds yeah. me of young Alan Partridge. I've been watching something else. He's in a really good series called um, uh, Three Pines, which is a, it was like a detective series, and he's great. Oh in yeah, that. Um, yeah. And now he's like sort of you know detective daddy, but <laughs> back then, <laughs> back then he's a little boy. <laughs> um, yeah, species is a species is a thing. Uh, we got Michael Madsen. Like everyone's like, he's like, hey, I was in Reservoir Dogs. Do you think I can lead a film? And they're like, no. <laughs> 
we can well, try. I'm, well, I'm gonna. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna smirk and squint my eyes the whole whole way through it. You know, I was probably 20 minutes into this whenever Michael Madsen appeared, mm. and I thought he likes to squat, doesn't he? He does. That's kind of his thing. Yeah. And then the whole rest of the movie, any fucking chance he got, he was squatting down. He loves a squat. He does it in Rosal Dogs like quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's why I noticed it because it's like the last time I saw him, he was he like he likes to lean down and have a little squat, and it's one of the first things he does in this film is yeah get right down. No, nah, this I mean I remember this film was quite big at the time because um, of the of the nudity in it. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot. And, yeah, and there is yeah it's got uh, Natasha Henstridge. That's her name. Um, yes. And it's and her first role, and I know I, you know she's accepted this, and she probably knows what she was doing, but I feel kind of bad. This is your first film, and it's like take your shirt off and just walk around. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your job. Um, we've got Mark Hel- Hel- Helgenberger too from um, CSI. Will will be more, um, but you you would know her from the stand because you watched it, and I didn't. <laughs> I I don't remember that she was in that. Oh, and we got Forrest Whitaker doing. He's every every movie you don't think he can get any more Forresty Whitakery, but man. And then you give him a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> how just just Jordan, quickly, how Jordan, Jordan Peele does an amazing Forrest Whitaker impression, and there's a sketch where he plays a a child, a four year old Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> It's and that's it. It's yeah, and um, and Keegan has to babysit him, and he gets like really freaked out because he's he's all intense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, I I believe um, yeah, I, he's he's done a lot. He's he's kind of like that silent, like he's in a lot of movies. Like he was in um, Blown Away, and and um, he's got a few coming up as well. And it's just like you just forget that he was in a lot in the nineties. Yeah, he was around a lot, and then all of a sudden, I feel like. I don't know what it was when people kind of sat up and took notice and like, oh shit, he's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he started to get a bit more picky and do really good roles and not just bit part empaths. Um, but the cast is is pretty good. I know, you know, we're looking back in hindsight here, but that, to me, that's that's a pretty good mid nineties cast. That's a very strong cast for a pretty weak film. Did you see the young Michelle Williams? Yeah, little baby yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Um, did did I watched... you see when she had a stolen credit card? <laughs> stolen credit card. Uh, then, she ate, then she had a then she had a drink conductor. <laughs> um, Under Siege Two, I watched, so you didn't have to. Um, Thank you. It is okay. It is really bad because it's a scene scale movie. Um, I believe I gave it a one, um, but. Eric Bogosian, um, I don't know whether you know him, um, he played, he was in, most people know him in Scrubs as Dr. Cox's um, psychologist. He comes up sort of like, like once, a, once a season. Um, he's got sort of frizzy hair. Um, he plays the bad guy in this and is just loving it. Just loving every, he's like ripping the scenery apart and was the only redeemable thing out of this movie. Um this is also, unfortunately, the uh, the the movie that we now know that um, Sims Girl tried to uh, assault Catherine Heigl on as well. Um, she came out about that uh, when she was and she was quite oh, young. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so Isn't she his daughter in the film or something? Uh, I think God daughter or niece. Mm, still. That's it. But yeah, um, don't watch it. Uh, I'd watch it so, you don't, so no one else has to watch it. Um, so you can just go on with your life now and not give him any of that. Um, I watched Operation Dumbo Drop. Because I haven't seen it for years. I, think, I completely forgot it was set in the Vietnam War. I thought this was like a completely different movie. Ray Liotta, you know what? He was fine. <laughs> Danny, Glover, <laughs> Danny, Glover, Danny Glover is loving it. Like, and um, so I read, a, I read a thing about this. It, it stars um, Danny Glover, uh, Ray Liotta, and Dennis Leary. Okay, and they're, um, they basically have to get a dinosaur. Um, not dinosaur. They have to get an elephant from um, one part of um, Vietnam to another part of Vietnam. And the three of them... lay out a trail of peanuts and see if he'll follow them. <laughs> the three of them uh, took the film because they thought, like, oh, look, you know, it's, it's going to be, like, decent weather. It's going to be nice. Then they got there and there was just, like, problem after problem after problem. Um, and they also, they also accepted the film because they all wanted to buy property. Um, they basically oh. bought this. They bought this so they could buy property, and then apparently they all had a picture of the property they wanted in their pockets. And on the long days where like stuff was going wrong, they'd just like take the, the take the pictures out of their pocket and just stare at it. <laughs> just Are you serious? Yes. Is this your Brenner from Cool Runnings? <laughs> Did they all have a picture of Buckingham Palace? Um, it's interesting you say Cool Runnings because Dougie Doug's in this movie. Aww. thank you. And he is great in it. He is, he is he the is. most delightful part of this movie. Um, yeah, God, I hope he made fun of everyone in their little photos. <laughs> it's um, he's the one that told people. I think I think it's I think that's how they knew about it. I think he was on a podcast and he told people about like what happened on set. And like I was like, I'm trying to hunt it down. Um, it's on that's Disney incredible. Plus. Look, it's a it's a hell of a Saturday afternoon movie. Just just give it a go. It's it's fine. Um, mm. what? So let's let's talk about. The net. Okay. Did you like the net? Um. Look, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I love the song "Wider Shade of Pale." No. Um, I love Sandra Bullock, and I fully endorse how much credit and acclaim she. Growing up, aside from Speed. I kind of mm. skipped over a lot of stuff, rom-coms, Miss Congeniality. I was like, who is this woman? Who cares? Blindside yeah. came out. I'm like, oh, fuck, she's pretty good. Yeah. And now we've gone back to early Sandy. Yeah. And now I'm looking at her in this whole new light, and she's she's just the best. She's. You could tell that they sort of said, like, oh, can you be a bit Annie from Speed in this? Because there's, there's a few Annie parts in this. Did but they tell her that, or is that all she could really do? It? <laughs> but I think, she, I think she does sort of make it her own. And, like... This might have been one of those um, good day good movies because me and um, my wife we watched this on a on a like a Friday evening I think and it was just like it was just nice it was and just, it starts out like an X Files episode and you're hooked straight away oh man you you just you just in there and like you you're constant constantly questioning the capabilities of the internet in 1995 that they can do any of the stuff that's happening in this she ordered movie. a pizza. I know, and like you know, took like little bits off of it, and it's like there's pictures of it. I'm like, you cannot do that. A pizza Come shop on. does not have the internet in 1995, just because no. you do. So yeah, we yeah we were we were we were both old, and I give it a three out of five because man, I, was... I went two and a half because um, I felt it was a little bit long. There yeah. was a few too many leprechaun style jogging scenes. <clears throat> Like I don't need to see it every time someone's running away or running like, across the road. I like the guy 
um, dying on top of a forklift at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah he was... That was um, a bit intense that she had to kill him like that. It was that, uh, that whole thing of now um, British people are the enemy. You know, we had that, that little yeah. transition where like there were the quirky people, now they're like the enemy. Yep. Yeah, sexy enemy. We're we're paying attention, people. We we we're seeing trends. You know, there's another in- trend. Um, if there's a computer involved, you'll hear the word mainframe a lot. <laughs> yes, uh, must be an issue with the mainframe. Press escape. <laughs> <laughs> turn it off and turn it back on. Actual dialogue from this movie. <laughs> Reset the mainframe. Control Alt Delete. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's um, there's a uh, oh, they they got like um computer discs. Um, I was trying like because our um our eldest son walked in and sort of said, "Oh, what are you watching?" And then he's like watching. He's like, "What are they doing?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." So um, you know CDs. He's like, and sort of looked at me blankly. Like, oh no, um, you know uh, USBs. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be circles. Yeah, they used to be circles. Then they used to be squares. <laughs> um, but there was actually a circle inside of the square. Mm. Ah. Yeah, no, nah, um, good. Uh, it's, it's decent. Um, I watched. Um, yeah, I liked it. A uh, cute little Canadian film on Amazon, Amazon Prime with Sandra O oh called At Double Happiness. Um, really good to see. Like it's actually like a based on um, growing up in Chinese culture in the suburbs of, of Canada. Um, Sandra O oh, uh, is fast becoming one of my favorite actresses. Like I've seen her a few things now, and she just sells me on it. I, I, I like. I think she's amazing. So that's um, another Sandra I only knew of Grey's Anatomy, and yeah. I was like, meh. And then after watching Killing Eve, like, fuck, she's the best. Yeah. So if you got Prime, you can check out Double Happiness. It's really good. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a cute little sort of like um, indie Canadian film, um, which is really cool. It's got um, got one of the guys from Due South in it. So you know, <laughs> I know that's gonna <laughs> make a lot of people do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you know what's not cute? What? Is nine months. Let's talk about nine months. Um, we watched this is probably the one I've watched <sighs> recently. Um, me and my wife um, sat down and watched this together the other day. Um, I said, and I think you did the same thing. I sat down with her and I'm like, huh, buckle in, honey. This has got some pretty funny moments in it. And then yep. twenty minutes in, she's like, what the "Fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why would you think that I would like this?" Uh, I didn't say that to start because I think you'd already warned me, and I was skeptical. Yeah, because I know I liked it a long, long time ago. Because you see, and you see Hugh Grant being hit in the head with a kite, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be yeah. cool." Yeah, and like he's just being, you know, goofy, and Hugh Grant's endearing. I'm not annoyed with him yet. Uh, but it just it never lands. Even Jeff Goldblum is not saving it. No, Tom um, Arnold he's... tries to, but Tom Arnold was basically Randy Quaid in this film. Yeah, and also like I mean, um, it is one of the uh, the. Little Box reviews, but yeah, the, the funniest moment of the film is um, Tom Arnold <laughs> trying to trying to um, hide something from his wife and um, his wife. I was, I was at the door and he's like, and she's like, "Who is it?" And he's like, "Oh, it's my mum." She's like, "Your mum's dead." He's like, "Yeah, super weird." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, did you hear about the um, uh, not behind the scenes, but just before release date, what happened to Hugh Grant? No. So. Do you remember the fact that he got caught with a sex worker in the 90s? Yes. So this happened. What was her name? Was it something Brown? Uh, Divine Brown. Brown. So yeah, uh, so in the mid-90s, um, uh, Hugh Grant was caught with a sex worker. This was two days before the release of Nine Months. 
that fits in perfectly with the film. Jay Leno. Great publicity. Jay Leno managed... He was supposed to have him on to promote the film. Uh, Hugh Grant decided to come on anyway, even though, like, you know, obviously it was, like, a pretty, like, rough time for him. Not to mention um, that, for those who don't know, he was married... Or with Liz Hurley at the time. Liz Hurley, long term, long, was long, long term partner of the most beautiful woman yeah. in the world. Everyone's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Obviously, there's more to relationships than that. We know that, but at the time, complete um, madman. So he, uh, so Jay Leno gets them to come on, uh, and this is now one of the most famous, most watched interviews on late night television in the nineties. Jay Leno um, is he? He's the um, he's a late night host. Is that the the classy one? Is that yeah. him? Is he yeah, the real the one, classy? The one, the, yeah, he's very classy, yeah. So yeah. he gets him on and she, and he like he's he's got this um there's a clip where he's like he get, he comes on and then generally goes, What the hell were you thinking? And everyone's laughing and it's like, ha ha, you got killed with the sex worker, let's go watch nine months. Um so that interview essentially catapulted nine months into a bunch of um like is is it was already getting massacred by the critics. But it mm-hmm. still made a lot of money because people like he was in the news. People thought him found him like very like charming, and they're like, "Oh, let's go watch Nine Months because we can't we can't get enough of you." And that's the reason why Nine Months did reasonably well at the box office was because it, he happened to yeah. And it honestly does fit in, like true to life. The the film that the message of the film is women want to get married and have babies, and that men want to have sex. Also wanted to um, let you know that uh, so obviously Hugh Grant had to deal with like the public public humiliation. Divine Brown was sentenced to 180 days in prison Ooh. because she had um, violated a uh, probation. So and and Hugh Grant just carried on being rich. Yep. Huh. that that goes with my review of the film. Not funny. Yes. Yeah. Um. So the film is like um. It really is. Like at the time, I think they were trying to like do a snapshot. And Chris Columbus made this like Home Alone's Chris Columbus made this, and he's like, "This is what I wanted. I wanted to see. Um, it's a movie called Nine Months, where it focuses directly on the male of the um, of the the relationship. I want to give special praise to Julianne Moore because I don't think that she liked you, Grant, and there was no chemistry between them. But mm-hmm. I find her. I mean, I think she's amazing anyway, but like I found her, her birthing scene probably one of the most yeah. believable. I found her um, her leaving him, I think she played that really well. <laughs> like, I think yep. she's like, I really do. I don't want to see you for a while. Um, yeah, I think she, she saved this film. I think she is, she is the best thing about this she film. She tried. Yeah. And, tried. Um, uh, and I also think Joan Cusack was great. Um, I think it should have... Like, like, it literally should have been Joan Cusack and Julianne Moore's um, movie because she plays Joan Cusack plays Tom Arnold's wife who also is pregnant at the same time as Julianne Moore and they end up um, giving birth in the same room which I don't think is a thing. Um, <laughs> to uh, a Russian Robin yes. Williams. Now Robin Williams went in and he's like, I'm going to play a Russian guy. <laughs> um, and then occasionally would forget what a Russian accent was. You know what? <sighs> I can't not laugh at him though because he's very funny. <laughs> I don't and think I laughed once in this. I used to love when they beat up the dinosaur. Yeah, to me, like, there's a whole, there's a whole Barney I don't know if I laughed going. once. Nah, um, I laughed uh, a few times uh, with Robin Williams. Um, 
him getting things, him getting words wrong. Um, but yeah, if we can move on to something that I certainly did not laugh at, just very quickly, <laughs> the film Kids is oh. gross. Do okay. not watch it. It's one of those critically acclaimed, brutal, raw, this is powerful film. And Laura's like, why? Why do you want to watch this? Why are you doing this? It's gross. It's not good. I felt I watched it in my early 20s and was like, oh, shit, look at this. This is life. And now I watch it and go, why is does this exist? It was um, a, so it's about um, a day in the life of like four kids, yeah, in... Um in New York City. Mostly around one kid called Telly, but like there's, you know, his sidekicks as well. Um, first film of Chloe Savini and Rosario Dawson. Hello, baby Rosaria. Yeah. Um, and one of them's got, one of them goes for, oh shit, is it Rosario Dawson go, is going for an AIDS test, yeah? Is Rosario that... Dawson and Chloe Savini both go to the clinic to get tested because yep. Rosario Dawson, who is 17, has been with eight or nine guys. Um, thought it'd be safe to get tested. Chloe Savini has been with one guy called Telly, so she went along. Chloe Savini turns out to have AIDS. Rosario Dawson does not. Chloe Savini spends the rest of the film trying to find this kid to say, hey, I've got AIDS from you. Mm. Um, at the end of the film, she finds him completely exhausted from walking around New York City all day, and he's having sex with a 13-year-old girl, unprotected. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, to make matters worse, uh, the guy's friend has sex with Chloe Savini while she's sleeping. Um, and it's just, every boy in this film is uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Not Strike Back, from Clerks. Like, the worst version of Jason Mewes. Um, they're all disgusting. It's it's just horrible. It's not an important film to watch. It's not one of those brutal and raw and brilliant films. It's just gross and wrong. Um, we only get the R word once, which is surprising, but we do hear the F word almost 10 times, I think, at least. Um, like the, and this one kid of the f- gets beaten up quite brutally. And it's like one of the first examples of that sort of poverty porn type sort of thing, just like, look how horrible like these kids are and like how bad it is, but it's like, it's not offering any redemption or like... Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure people, this probably happens in some circles and there's people that that's their life, but you're showcasing this... 16 or 17 year old boy being like fucking is my life that's all i want to do i want to yeah. be with virgins that's my life that's all that matters that's not good that's not no. good for anyone to be experiencing i don't think i think it's very hard to find too but like um yeah because i i i remember watching it on vhs back in the day when i was at, at the beer store and i was like once is enough for me <laughs> when it came up i was like i'm not watching that um but yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, look, watch it your own peril. It's um, it's definitely something that's not for the for the faint heart. And this will this will start a bit of a Larry Clark. Obviously, is notorious for that type of film too. So um, it was also written by a nineteen-year-old boy and like his experience. So yeah, I'm sure it's somewhat true to life. But uh, is that how many how many Corinne? Is that the yeah yeah? Um, um, no, gross. Get rid of it. Let's end on a high note. Okay, Waterworld. <laughs> Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong note. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, let me just do um, any movie that starts Fine. off with um, uh, Kevin Costner peeing into a bottle and then drinking it um, after it's been put through a filter. Uh, you know what? This the, this the got, filter that is his body. <laughs> this got so trashed back in the day because it was it was one of those ones where it's like, you know, um, uh, it had a huge budget. Um, 
everyone everyone knew about how the the, the the problems not stuff and like Kevin Costner apparently was like a complete diva on set. It's actually not a bad movie. Like it's actually a pretty decent um, idea, um, especially now where it's like we're pretty closer to being in a water world. Um, I think the I the the real problem is the bad guy being. Um, uh, Dennis Hopper. I think he cartooned it up. Like all his scenes uh, are like heaps. Um, sort of. Um, there's like a bit of a Mad Max element, but like it's 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 kind of weird. And like, and they're all sort of got that punk rock thing going on. But yeah, he's got this thing. That he, uh, he can pop his eye out, and um, yeah, I it's about that. It's like that's the most cringy part of the movie. Like the the the, the part with the smokers, like these things, like these these guys that are like chasing. Um, Kevin Costner, you find out that he's a mutant. He's got gills behind his ears because he's like, <gasps> you're, you're remembering it from now. <laughs> from memory now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's just, you know, Janine Triplehorn, uh, just, sorry, Jean Triplehorn um, is, is really great in it. Um, I would, look, if you got a chance, it's on Binge. Um, it, is a, it is a very hard two, and, two hours and 15 minutes. Like you'll feel every one of those minutes. But um, it's not as bad as what you remember. I think it, uh, and a lot of people, it was it was the butt of a joke. It was like the punchline to a lot yeah. of jokes um, for years to come. Um, Wait until we get to the postman shit. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's nowhere near as bad as what you what people remember it to be. It was cool to think that Waterworld was stupid. Yes, yeah. Let's go on to Clueless. Let's 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 finish on a high note. Uh, let's um, finish on um, uh, stepchildren getting together. Let's finish on some Radiohead notes. <laughs> this, yeah, like ah, this, um, they're they're incredible. part of the they're part of the score. Yeah, really, like this that 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 song. What what song is it? It's uh, there's no surprises. I think yep. it's in there a little bit. Um, but there's that one riff that sort of trees. keeps going through, um, like a, a few times throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, uh, clueless. This is the first time you. I can't believe this is the first time you've ever seen it. But um, what what did you think? The first the first official time I've seen it. Like I, I know of a lot of scenes. I feel like I've seen it in bits and pieces, but I've never sat down and watched it start to finish. Right. Um, I did not enjoy the mention of Marky Mark because we all know where he belongs. <laughs> uh, not in mouths, but in a prison. Um, three absolute bangers to start it off. I think was it the Muffs? Um, oh yeah, no doubt. And I think it was Radiohead in there as well at the start. Well, that's like the the soundtrack is got you got the Muffs, you got Crackers in there, Counting Crows in there, um, Luscious Daxon, Radiohead, uh, the Beastie Boys, Boston's actually play live in the in the movie. I fucking love that. Supergrass, um, Coolio, um, Bowie, uh, and and you got um, Jill Selbule, the Supermodel song, which I've got like a lot of traction from this one as well. Yeah, it's like very very. Uh, it's an amazing um, uh, soundtrack. Um, it's a. I, I think it's also. Yeah. Um, so remember the my weird obsession with World Party from Reality Bites. Yes, because they wrote a song that sounded exactly like yeah, and they're back <laughs> and they're doing a David Bowie song. Yes, what is yeah, going um, on? <laughs> they're on the. Um, I think they're on the playlist for this month too, and it's yes, like they are. It's that thing where like a. Uh, um, in the nineties, when they did covers, they just like let's do it as close to the original as possible. Let's not put our swerve on it at all <laughs> because the muffs sound I'm pretty okay much exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's just like I, I, some, I don't know. Sometimes with a cover, I'm like, you know, put your put your mark on it, guys. Um, uh, Jewel was in there as well. Oh yeah. So Incredible it's, it's all about this. Um, 
It's all about Sher, um, played by Alicia Silverstone. See, this is the thing. Like she's she's put up <laughs> she's put up as this the hero of this picture. But um she she's a hero to people on her own social strata. Like she's not and she thinks that she can fix other people. And mm. I think that's in in that context, it's um like I don't think she's the, the best person, but um no. I think at some point, you know, she does find a little bit of humility. Um but I don't know whether this was the um I don't know whether this was the uh the, the hero that was needed or wanted at the time, but um it was the hero. I never we really got. I don't know what I was looking at when I was watching it because I didn't think of I somehow watched it with 90s eyes and not current eyes of like yeah. this is gross and wrong um, I never really saw her as the hero or the villain in it I just saw the tale of some stupid girl that thinks she wants to date a gay boy and then she actually wants to date her distant stepbrother distant stepbrother <laughs> twice removed stepbrother removed yeah um, I think Rewatching it this time because I watched it a couple of years ago. Um, always forget that um, Turk from um, uh, Scrubs, isn't it? Um, Stacy Stacy Dash is probably one of the best things about this uh, whole movie. She's amazing in it. Um, I love that she looks. So she was. I I know the TV show. I used to watch the TV show. She yeah. looks exactly the same pretty much her entire life. Yes. Alicia Silverstone actually looks like a baby. Everyone else looks their appropriate ages, and Stacy Stacy Dash has always looked like mid twenties. I, um, Always, I think that like um until I, she went a bit right wing. Yeah, she did. <laughs> We've already covered this in another one. So. Um, obviously Brittany Murphy in there too as um Tay and the, the person they want to make over. Um, she's but like, she's so good. She is great in this movie. Yeah, and she's she's just um adorable and I I kind of like it when she like claps back. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I know we're not supposed to like that, but it's like um it's the yeah. accent that does it. Yeah, yeah, and um, but there's a bit where Stacey Dash, <laughs> the balls at the balls at her face, um, joke, and Stacey Dash is like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, job a new new career. I don't know. It's, it's like she's Stacey Dash has got like some of the best one liners of this whole movie. Um, I think it's when Amber says her doctor told she said she can't have balls in her face. Yeah, and Stacey Dion says, "Well, there goes your weekend plans." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um. I get really okay, and I know this is like this is probably just you know conservative me coming out, what? but like the way that um, Alicia Silverstone calls her dad daddy is mm. just icky in this movie. Um, again, we've got Dan Hedaya <laughs> coming back <laughs> playing the role that he will play numerous times throughout his nineties yeah. uh, career of just the um, the grumpy dad. Um, you've got Jeremy Sisto in there, the uh, future um, Laura yeah, Order him? alum. Um, Brecken Meyer's in there. Oh God, he's so annoying. Yeah, well, it's Brecken Meyer. Um, <laughs> you uh, can't even skate. Uh, Wallace Shawn's in there. I love him as the teacher. Um, the teachers in this are great. Yeah, um, Justin Walker. Um, he's the one that looks like a, um, a Brandon from Nine Two One Zero, like a little mini. Oh yeah, Lee <laughs> clone. Um, look, the thing is, it's um, written written and directed by Amy Heckling. It's it's a good. Okay, it's not a good movie. It's it is a good movie. It's fine. It's fun. Um, if you don't think about it too much, it's it's funner. And sometimes I get caught thinking about it too much. Um, yeah, that's my problem. I didn't think about it too much. I just sat and watched and enjoyed all the little cameos and 
people who I haven't seen or thought of for a while popping up. But this will start um, the. I I believe that this is the start of the the high school comedy. Like, um, before I forget, do you know who else is in it? Who? Uh, remember in we had made way too many references to Jane Bob Strike Back today. Yeah. But the Chris Rock's assistant in it, who was married to Shannon Elizabeth for a while. Oh, the one where he's like, make House Party look like House Party Two. <laughs> That guy? Yes. He's one of the students. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Looks very, the... very different, obviously. But... Oh, not Jamie Kennedy. Not no. The, um, the, the booger. I think it's Joseph Reitman. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't remember, but yeah. But I think, like, weird. you know, this, this to me, like, you know, this starts off like stuff like 10 Things I Had About You, um, like those type of, like, teen coming-of-age movies. Like, we've had Here's a few... Um, come through, but I think this really sort of starts. It's definitely definitely tying in popular music with that. I, I think this is like you know, and the, you know, out of horror elements, this you got like stuff like screaming, faculty arts and stuff like this is definitely. Um, if I can sort of philosophize on the like the music, the movie industry, I believe this year is the changing of the guard of like we're not going to give movies to like Kevin Costner, Sylvester Stallone, like Schwarzenegger anymore. It's time for the young generation to finally move in. And that's where we're going to find, like, from this point on, like, more younger-aimed movies. Like, like we're, yep. not, we're not going to... It's, it's kind of the death of the 80s action star. Um, and, like, yeah, the, the, the public's going to go, all right, let's, let's, let's watch this stuff instead. We're all just getting ready for Without a Paddle. <laughs> that's where it all leads. I talked about that. God. With my brother-in-law, because he said, we watched a movie the other night with our girls. Um, he's like, you know, down the river. I said, without a paddle? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, you've seen it. I was like, have I seen it? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I think it came out in like, you know, 2004. <laughs> and that's all the trivia we know about without he's a paddle. Like, he's like, what do you... How, why do you know so much about this? I'm like, it's basically what our whole podcast is about. <laughs> it's like, it's basically should be living the past, parentheses, the road to without a paddle. Yeah. The stream to without a paddle. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, um, awesome. One last gripe I want to share with Clueless. Okay. Uh, I did give it three and a half. Mm, I get two and a half. Um, begrudgingly three and a half though, because Paul Rudd, who we all love dearly. Oh, we haven't talked about the Rudd. Yeah. He's quite good. He wears a Kansas University hat in it, which I thought was quite cute because mm-hmm. he's a Kansas boy. Um, he goes into the kitchen. He pulls out bread from a drawer, knife from a drawer, ham and mayonnaise from the fridge. Gets his two slices of bread. He puts a bit of ham on one slice of bread. Okay. And then he gets his mayonnaise and he puts it on to the piece of ham and puts the other piece of bread on top of that. What's wrong with that? He spread mayonnaise on onto him. the meat. He didn't you put didn't... it onto the bread where you put condiments. He half-arsedly spread it onto a piece of meat. Maybe he likes that to be as close to the meat as possible. I don't know. Sometimes with a burger, I'll, I'll put the sauce and the mustard onto the top of a burger. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <clears throat> 
All right. Uh, we'll we'll save um, best film towards the end for, for the end. Um, so let's uh, let's go through the box office. Um, and the Australian box office for the entire month of July it was Batman Fever. Batman Forever Ugh. was uh, just um, kissing roses all over the place. Kissing roses. <laughs> Holding them, thrilling them, kissing them, and killing them. Yeah. Um, the US box office was Apollo thirteen was still going strong. Um, number one, uh, Pocahontas. Number two, Species. Number three, knocking Maybe. off Batman. <laughs> Batman Forever. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you can't. You're just giving us the tease of boobies and rubber suits. Species <laughs> is actually doing it for us. Oh my god! Um, I didn't even talk about the weird alien nipple suit at the end that had tentacles <laughs> coming out of the nipples that got all CGI'd and caught on fire. Look, we go. There's, there's a lot to get through. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, look, you know, we we can't get we can't focus on every single movie. <laughs> We'll do a species. And all the nipples within them. We'll just do like a species uh, special down the road. We'll do all four of them. Um, and nine months did that was number five. So it was actually it was top five in the US. Um, and I think that was all because of Hugh Grant's uh, indiscretion. Mm. Mm. So mm. let's go on to TV. And let's go on. Art to... Attack. <laughs> let's go on to music. Um, yeah, not For those much. that don't know, Art Attack uh, premiered in Australia in July 1995 on the Australian Broadcasting Company. You... Otherwise known as the ABC. But you, why'd you bring it up last? Because I couldn't find where I found out that it came out here in 95. And then I just stabbed a guess because I knew it was a J month. <laughs> and I just went a bit early. Sometimes you get excited about art. About art and, uh, and attacks. Yeah. You go a bit early. Um Sorry. there was um so this is like the real like the, the, the boom time for uh M T V series. Um oh. there's one called Road Rules, which is kinda of like um in the same um atmosphere as um the real world. Um so you had like five or six strangers, um, they got all their money taken out off of them and then they had to live in an R V and travel from location flights to, to a bunch of locations, um, and they were given like it's it's kind of like a precursor to um, uh, Survivor and what's the other one like the Race Around the World one like it's kind of like the Amazing Race yeah yeah it's kind of like a precursor to that sort of thing like they had to like uh, find clues as and get to the next location and stuff so um, you can watch a few clips of it on uh, YouTube if you can find them um, there's a few and like the thing with like a lot of these uh, old uh, MTV shows is I think mm. sometimes they couldn't find quote unquote regular people so they used like <laughs> comedians and I think even like musicians and stuff like that so like if you look through it you'll see a bunch of like people now who we know are like stand up comedians and writers and stuff of like comedy shows and stuff like that but they were just like uh, can you be like a regular person for this show because we can't find anybody um, that's like got the, that fits the personality so yeah um, but Robe Rules, you can check it out on uh, YouTube. Um, but that's all I've got for, for for TV. There's not much going on with that. Um, and sadly, uh, the Conan July episodes didn't start until the 10th of July. So I've got either. I've got an easy an easy run here. You would think. Okay. Um, if it makes you feel better, I yeah. could put in the additional guests. Sure. To pat it out, and maybe I will fail. Well, that's what we hope for every month. So. Thank you. <laughs> I'm probably going to fail anyway because I don't remember how this song goes. Um, how? 
Partly to just annoy you. Okay, so this is Partly the part of the show where um, Ben has to recite all the guests that were on the Conan O'Brien show, um, because we like, we're big Conan O'Brien fans. Um, but he does this to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by uh, God and Rainforest Warrior, uh, Billy Joel. Let's and... say the alleged tune, We Didn't Start the Fire. Mm. Intended. Um, he has to do this in a minute. He's going to do it this time because like, there's only like a handful of guests. But we're going to see because like, sometimes... Hey, July's a long month. Yeah, and sometimes he's got like... um. You know, words he can't say, and that's what that's what makes it funny. That's yeah, the joke. All right, Squirrel nut so, zippers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go. I'm gonna give you a quick three, two, one, go. Kara Reiner, Jonathan Silverman, Alex Chilton, Joan Rivers, Jim Lovell, Tabitha, Soren, N.A. Ringo Starr, Cheryl Teague, Brian Kelly, Margaret Show, Harry Shearer, Green Apple, Quick Step, Kathleen Turner, Dee Dee Myers, <laughs> Buffalo Tom, Ellen Clegg, Hornrich Hall, X Rob Klein, Catherine Heigl, Squirrel Nut, Zippers, Ju- Rudy Giuliani, Howard Mandel, N.A. Greta Sachi, Chris Columbus, Mary Canton, Michael Moore, Paul Rudd, and Fred Schneider. Eric Bergesian, Crystal Burnin, Jan Trinan, Cindy Lauper, Jeff Garland, Luscious Jackson, Stephen Wright, Evan <laughs> Vander Holyfield, Bill McCuddy, Ray Liotta, Billy D. Williams, Ray Romano, Roger Clinton, Richard, Jonathan Richmond, N.A. Gail Grady, David Higgins, Ronnie Dawson. Oh, that it? got real twisty at the end there. 49 seconds. Oh, God, I'm good at this. But also not very good at it. Uh, so oh. let's do. Let's go on to music. Uh, so the Aria charts. We had uh, Brian Adams. Have you ever really loved a woman? Um, Banger. And you two hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Bang. Fucking. I like that on my. The little thing that you sent through, Stop it's it. hold me. <laughs> I, knew you were gonna, I knew Hold me. Throw me, kiss Look, me. I usually, I'm, I'm doing this while I'm watching First Night, so fuck off. <laughs> um, on the Billboard, Billboard, the Billboard charts, we had Brian Adams, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? And TLC with Waterfalls. So let's go through uh, the, the releases for the month. Um, we've got uh, MXPX, yeah. um, AFI, Scatman, Dirty Three, Saint Germain, Swerve Driver, The Aquabats, Dead Moon, Buffalo Tom, D'Angelo, Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, um, Three Eleven, uh, Caius, Shaggy, um, Coolio, who the Muffs? Oh no, that's from that's all from um, uh, the Coolest soundtrack. Um, Arnie DeFranco, That Dog, Blood, Bloodhound Gang, <sighs> Elliot Smith. Bone Thugs and Harmony and Meryl Bainbridge with her dirty, dirty songs. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, see, you know, what? I want to get it out of the way first. So I listened to a couple of the Meryl Bainbridge because she had that one mouth where, oh um, yeah, gives you your love mouth to mouth. taste it. So she's another one called Under the Water, um, which <laughs> um, the the lyrics again, kind of dirty, and I don't know whether like this, she was like she, it seems. Unbelievable that she can't think that people would take this the wrong way. Um, I'm going to just read you some of the lyrics, okay? Please. Okay. I could be your lover, chained under the water. Under the water, I could be standing on a ladder to make it easier, to make it easier. It's, it's, it's a BDSM song, basically. Um, is it, or is it a torture song? Could be. She, but I wanted to tell you this bit, okay? Let me just get through. Um, 
There's a bit where there's a bit where the backup singers come in and it gets a little rough. I hope that's not her actual lover. They got the guy from Crestus Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it kind of sounds like, um, all right, Meryl, um, we're going to finish this off tomorrow. Can we just get one of the band members just to do a temp track of where we're going to do the um, the backups? Um, maybe the bassist. And he's like, I can do it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Don't, don't. What if it? What if it actually was her lover? And she's like, Hey guys, I want to get Tommy, my new boyfriend, on the on the song. Hi guys. Can, can Tommy sing? Like, oh yeah, Tommy can do so much with that mouth. Yeah, yeah. That's who mouth is about. Yeah, this is Mr. Mouth. This is Tommy Mouth. <laughs> um, all right, we'll get him in here. Um, sorry, what's, sorry, what's your name? Tommy Mouth. <laughs> Um, we have talked way too much about Mel Brainbridge on this call. You have. I'm not a part um, of this. Let's go back to the start. Let's not talk about them experience because it's not chick magnet, so who gives a fuck? Um, let's talk about AFI. There's nothing here to talk about. I liked. I I used to not like AFI because all I knew was their their uh, gothy emo phase where they did that Miss Murder song and Davy Havoc the vocalist got real real high. Um, but then I heard this one, the Serial Wars. That bass. Sure. Look at that. Well, listen to that. <gasps> Banger. Um, yeah, I, I I really like this. Um, if, if you've never seen it, it's the it's the cover that um, it's called "Answer That" and "Stay Fashionable." It's the Reservoir Dogs um, uh, artwork for the front cover. Uh, but that's AFI, and we're we're were, we're, in, were they on Reservoir Dogs soundtrack? We're in the purple patch of uh, punk, my friend, and it's a good place to be. And there's a little uh, scar crossover going on. Are you okay? Oh, that Aquabats. I didn't know that. That's what Aquabat sounded like. But oh yeah, that's tra- that's that's, uh, that's probably Travis. That's that's Courtney's Travis on there. Who's Travis? Oh, <laughs> oh is this Travis? Oh, sorry, I, I fell down the stairs. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was Scatman John. Um, Scabbity beep up the up up. I don't want to play that because I've got stuck in my head. And when know. are we getting to the brothers Doobie? <laughs> what brothers Doobie? The fun um, doobiest. Let's. Uh, we got the Dirty Three. Um, my my brother. Uh, my brother loved the Dirty Three. I'm not a big fan. They're, they're, it was alright. It's the only thing that I almost enjoyed listening to. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's it's not. Um, there's no vocals to it. It's like it's just um, instrumental. They 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 were around for a while. They did a lot of stuff with uh, Nick Cave and um, uh, yeah. Um, their, like apparently their live performances. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, their live performances were something to behold. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like Saint Germain. Um, they it was like a it's like a um, and this is like it's a obviously a, um, a sample of um, sentimental mood, which is a da- jazz sort of standard. But I could, yeah, this is this is the one that I probably listened to. I actually listened to the album. That's good, but that's Saint Germain, a French um, French DJ. Um, Swerve Driver. I thought you might like Swerve Driver. 
Ah, uh, a little bit, but then I got them confused. I think with another band that I'm not that that are bad. Oh, screw you. Um, ah, oh, yeah, that's the one. They're like neo Nazi, um, neo Nazi skins. Sorry, I put them in the same box and then just didn't bother. Um, Buffalo, um, Buffalo Tom are back, and ah, oh, love me some Buffalo Tom. I had listened to this whole album a couple of times, and look, it wasn't bad. Oh, it's, it's middle of the road. It's it's it's, it's middle of the road pull rock, but you know, it's, it's nothing cool. popped out there. There wasn't one song where I went like, "Oh yeah, cool." This entire album is worthwhile for that one song. Yeah, oh, someone's good. Mm. Um, then we also got. If that's not a high school band, I don't know what is. Yeah, I know. Um. Got D'Angelo with um, Lady and Brown Sugar. That was cool. We had Foo Fighters uh, with there, but we've done like a, um, a complete other episode that you've already heard for that. Um, oh, man. Do you remember this song? Probably not. I'm going to say no. 311, man. Oh, yeah. I tried to listen to them as well. Um, no. No, really? thank you. I always... I had a, f- a friend that used to work with them. All right. And he well, went not, to work. Well, they're not good guys. No, like, he never said anything bad about them, but, like, he worked with them for years and then went to Foo Fighters, so I just assumed that, oh, this band must be decent and in the vein of Foo Fighters, not the original Limp Bizkit. So this is the so reason... I finally yeah, listened this to is, them. It does sound easy. And the thing is, when they came to, like, when they... Australia sort of found out them, it was like... It was like the 98 Warp Tour, because I remember... The first time I heard that song was on the compilation for the for the ninety eight Vans Walk Tour when um Blink on Eight Two and a bunch of other bands like Friends of Rom were on it too. And like that song was like all over the radio but like three years after it actually even came out like in, in the States. Like it was like Australia <laughs> loved that song. Um just a, just a bit too late. Yeah. They got this one too, all mixed up. Kinda like a bit of a um Chili Peppers Sublime. Um, oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta hear some, uh, talk about Scat. <laughs> they did that a lot in the 90s. <laughs> oh, that man. damn snow it's got them all going. Yeah, it was, it, it, that's, that's what snow started, yeah. Um, well, let's not say that the snow started it, but you know. Yeah. He brought it to the white front. Shaggy! <laughs> Shaggy! I fucking love him. Do you love him or do you just love yelling Shaggy? I love yelling Shaggy! <laughs> so often and just do another song where he's like okay. <laughs> I think that's basically all he did for a while until people got tired of it he did that it wasn't me song and I fucking yep. hated that song but I was like he's got Shaggy on it well that's another one cool let's do it so easily pleased And play a drinking game with Shaggy songs. <laughs> you would be drunk. 
You wouldn't, because you'd be wetting your pants every ten seconds. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> uh. So. So yeah, obviously this is like. Uh, so the thing about Gangs of Paradise. Now, does this count? What do you mean? Well, wasn't this song already out? Well, the single's out, but then this is the album um, that came out as well. Um, the the I, album or the soundtrack that it was on? Mm. Oh, actually, no, it was the soundtrack, yeah. So this is, the, yeah, I mean, I, I know the actual album, the album comes out actually, I think, in November. Um, but I believe <laughs> we didn't get into Gangster Paradise Fever until like, this, Australia fucking love that song. Like, from like 98 onwards. No, no, we, like, we'll get to it. Like, um, it was one of those ones where I was like, when I'm looking at the, doing the research, I'm looking at the RA charts, I'm like, and, oh, okay. <laughs> It's just the same thing for the next three months, <laughs> um, but it's not not there yet. Um, still good, still not bored of it. No. Um, so, are you wanted to talk about that dog? Uh, not really, because I I liked them previously, and I same as Buffalo Tom. I tried them out again. Nothing stood out. Yeah. Um, no one. I tried it. to like Elliot Smith again. Oh man. So, okay. So Elliot Smith. Let's 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 talk about him because you can because I got nothing to say. And I think if what we need to say about Elliot Smith is that's Neil Mahay. I love Neil Mahay. I love this. I love this. I love this album. Um, about a year or two ago, I like excited because I just I just remembered Elliot Smith again. I was listening to a bunch of it, and I excitedly messaged Ben because it's one of those things of like, this is a slam dunk. He fucking love this. And nope. you didn't. <laughs> nope. And I was like, how could I be so wrong? <laughs> I just, uh, look, I don't, I've, I don't, I've it's had got it a everything, lot. It's got everything you want in it. Like, it's got an acoustic guitar, um, a guy singing, like, soulfully. It's got everything that you should like, and you don't like it. And I'm like, maybe it's because I, I was like, and then I was like, maybe this is me. <laughs> no, like, I've, I've had this a lot throughout my life, and I don't want to blame the people that have brought it to me, because... I've had many polls and other people be like, you like Neil Young and Damon Rice and Jeff Buckley and Nick Drake, so you'll like Elliot Smith. Yeah. And it's just, I guess, like the where I've been at the time and the moment and the songs, they've just never actually caught me. Same with Bright Eyes. People said I should like Bright Eyes and I like a handful yeah. of songs at the well, most. They're boring as well. So. <laughs> but it just, I think because maybe I've already got too much of this. Like. Yeah. No one comes near Damien Rice for me. Like, everything he spits out is pretty perfect. Jeff Buckley was untouchable. Nick yep. Drake was perfection in his time. Like, to put him in that same bracket, like, you're not going to live up to any of these people that I've already got. Yeah. So, you know, good for you, but I'm sorry it's not for me. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> um... I'm not talking about the Bloodhound Gang because those songs are shit. Um, I want to talk about Ani DeFranco because she's come yeah. up, I think, uh, nearly every year. Um, and this one in particular was great. Um, this is Shy. I love this album. Um, it's just called Not a Pretty Girl. Um, I've, I, one of the best things that's come out of doing this podcast is like um, being able to go through um, Ani Franco's albums, and she's got a lot of them. 
Um, but they don't yeah. sort of get they don't get bad. Um, is yeah. she getting more Susan Vega, or was that is that? Well, apparently, this one she stripped back, so it's like this one's all apparently just percussion and guitar. There's no there's no other real instruments on this one. It's like it's I think the next one is like more of a breakout one, um, I believe. Um, but this one's really good. I mean, um, yeah, I think she's got one flight nearly every year of the nineties. <laughs> um, hey, if you can turn it out, turn it out. Yeah, yeah, she's got yeah, one. She sounds a lot years. like Susan Vega on this one. Like she, they've got a similar voice, but yeah. th- that's all I could think about when I was listening to this one. But it's really good. Yeah, it's not a bad yeah, thing. this one's really good. Um, so that I think that brings us to the end of our. I can't think of anything else that we can. Oh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony were good. They were like, like I've been a bit light on the hip hop lately, but this brought it back. We have. Um, uh, it helped that like because um, we watched a lot of Key and Peele, and they do they do a sketch about Bone Thugs and Harmony, <laughs> and um, uh, that sort of brought it back to me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I should really give. It. And I gave that album a, a good go. And um, it's uh, it's like they had their breakout one that happened a couple of years ago. Um, uh, a lot of people lot know a lot more about but this one um e1999 eternal um yeah deep good stuff so check out that so that brings us to the end and we have to pick up um we have to work out what our best album best song and best film is i'm I'm already there what's what's your what's your film shock me film shock you is it dumbo (sighs) or is it waterworld um What's the net? Oh, see, I am shocked. That's hmm, the net. Had a lot of fun I would like it. it. I would like it to be the net because of Miguel Sandy, but um, uh, uh, I'm afraid it's clueless. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I feel now, after we've talked about it, that I maybe shouldn't have liked it as much as I did, <laughs> but um, it was good fun. That's I good. think it reminds me of. Uh, there's so many films that have ripped it off lately. Yeah. Um, or like paid homage to it, I suppose they're going to say. Uh, but yeah, to to watch the original start to finish and the fucking soundtrack, which, uh, I'd, yeah, obviously my album is the Clueless soundtrack because it's I a dick, Dave. Um, this is so much better than Foo Fighters' first album. <laughs> you pick a compilation for your best album. Okay. Um, Did you look at it? The net, I also, like, it's it's got all... Sometimes it's got all like the um, the uh, the set direction of like a um, murder she wrote episode. Like it, it, it looks really crappy a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think it was yeah that sort of um, good day, good movie um, where I didn't have cars doing burnouts in the background. Um, and um, <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, everyone did. Um, but my <laughs> um, my album is not a pretty girl by Annie DeFranco. Nice choice. And I'm thinking, like, so here, I think my song is going to have to be Needle in the Hay by yeah. um, Elliot Smith. Um, is is he is he a new artist? Who's, who's that? Shut up. What is, your, what is your song? All the Young Dudes, the oh, World Party oh. version. From the same it's, album. It is one of the best David Bowie songs ever written. And they do it well. Shaggy disgrace. <laughs> God. 
This was a ne- this is nearly my favorite song. You're ridiculous. Play us out, Shaggy. Please don't, Shaggy. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, I picked an album that has Cracker on it and Counting Crows, and you're and you're giving out Shaggy. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> um, you can tune out now. We'll be back next week with uh, with less shaggy, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, get in contact with us at uh, livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram where we put some stuff up sometimes. Um, probably a lot of shaggy this week. Um, nope. We have got, coming up, we've got the rest of the months of the year but also we've got Simpsons <laughs> we've got a, got a um, Simpsons episode coming up we've got um, a uh, our top so we're going to go through the um, ARIA charts and the um, Hollis 100 with um, we haven't done a lot of spin-offs and bonuses but we're going to smash those out the rest of the year yeah, I think we've got, we got Shannon Mowling um, uh, from um, Wow FM going to join us on, um, on our episode with the ARIA charts and the, and the um, Hollis 100 Um what else we got? What, what's the other um, special we got? Uh, so there's a Simpsons special. We may, we may do a Friends special. Maybe. Possibly. We might do a, a Top Films. Yeah, probably do a Top Films at some point. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> this is this is how we do our. Um, <laughs> this is, you also just entered a meeting between us two about what we're going to do. Look, this year. it was all planned out before the season started, but as it's gone on, like, do we want to do that? The movies aren't looking as good as we first thought. <laughs> Do we want to talk about them again? <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, look, just rest assured. And look, um, check us out. There's another podcast that we do. Uh, we'll start up again soon. Do you think I'm spooky? Because I I feel a season three coming on. And, uh, oh, man, it's going to get good. Um, yeah, better. It's, apparently, it's the best show I've ever made. It is. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So, until next time. Shut it out. Be spooky. <laughs> Check it. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.